Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our most precious and heavenly Father, as humbly as we know how, we stand before you tonight, Father. Lord, realizing our need of thee, Lord. And Father, we need your help tonight, Lord. We need the anointing to be able to preach the word of God. And not only to be able to preach, Lord, but Father, we ask you to anoint the ears of the saints, Lord, that we may hear from heaven tonight, Father. We thank you, Lord, for everything that's happened up to this point, Lord. And now we ask you, Father, to give us the abilities. And Lord, without you, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated or remain standing, whichever you choose. <clears throat> We're thankful to be here tonight. Uh, I'm pretty nervous, so you, you bear with me. Let me get started here. Uh, I, uh, I, got, I got a word from God tonight. And I, I want to thank each and every one of you. I'll find a place to put this here. For your hospitality, you people have treated us wonderful, and uh, we certainly appreciate that, and uh, it's, uh, it's been really good to come in here. I've heard some great preaching this week, and after tonight, you'll know what bad preaching sounds like. <clears throat> you know, there's, there's all kinds of things going on in our world around us. And I, as I've all week been listening to the preaching, and it's, it's really encouraged me because it has, it has put me on target where I'm at in my home congregation. And it's, it's been going right along with what we've been hearing back home. And I'm glad I've got a bunch of my congregation here for your sakes. So you don't think, sometimes I think, and I'm, I'm not accusing any other preacher of anything, but sometimes I think preachers preach a lot different away from home than they do when their home congregations are present. So you're going to get what my people get back home, and I don't mean God's people, but the people God called me to pastor, you're going to get the same thing they get. I'm not putting on a show for you, all right? So the title of tonight's message, the Lord has given me the high calling, called to be saints. Amen. If you got your Bibles tonight, we want to look in here. We're going to uh, start out in Romans, the first chapter. Just going to pull one piece out. We're going to jump around here a little bit. But Romans 1 and 7, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our calling is called to be saints tonight. It's a high calling. We've had so much watered down Christianity in our world today, it's sickening. Amen? It's just sickening. And we are called to be saints. I want to get that across. It's a high calling to be a child of God tonight. Amen? It's a real high calling. And now I want you to jump over to Philippians, the third chapter. Philippians, the third chapter. And we'll start the 13th verse. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do forget, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is that calling? To be a saint of God. 
Too many people, they're, 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 they're skipping this world, trying to get over into the next one of eternity. We have a high calling, and that is to be a saint of God today. We're going we're gonna to get a point made here today, but I, I've just... I got a few things I feel led to tell you. I've been pastoring this this fall will be 19 years. I've been pastoring in Bladensburg, so I've and I've learned a lot. And I, I didn't learn a lot coming up through the church, the ranks, all that type of stuff. I'm from the school hard knocks. I've I've learned and 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 what God has called me. Some of you said, We've never seen you around before, brother. Well, I'm not gonna get into that. But there was so much division, and I had no—I didn't have know what direction to go. So I just stayed back and kept my nose clean. And here, along about uh, last fall, late last fall, before we had our first hymn sing, I had a dream one night, and I shared it with Brother Tony not too long after uh, <clears throat> that. I had the dream. We had come down for a uh, a dinner. Uh, that she was raising money for the youth camp that we had back in, when was that? Back in March. Uh, but I guess it was before that. We had our first hymn sing, and we invited you guys to come up. You helped us. But the dream was like this. I, I seen this <laughs> old guy. <laughs> Out in the field, behind a mule, plowing. And I'm getting older I've got a a mule leading behind me and a harness over my shoulders and I walk up to this guy and it's brother Tony and he's plowing and I said you need some help and he nodded his head I said I'm ready to help we got to get back to going and being led of the Spirit and doing what the Spirit leads us to do. And that's what I'm here tonight is to help. Amen. We're living in a very serious and dangerous spiritual time. Listen to me. People that are sitting in church pews all across the land and in many of the church of gods today, they're actually living as, is, as if there is no God to answer to at this judgment, at, at the judgment day. That's how a lot of them's living today, and we don't want to get caught in that. If you would, real quick, we're going to go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Now, it's a high calling. I want to keep that point. It's a high calling to be a saint of God, isn't it? A saint of God does the workings of God. They, a saint of God is a, is a holy creature set aside for holy use. That's the word of holiness and sanctification. It means we're set aside for holy use, right? So we we got a high calling here, and I want you to see something about this high calling that a lot of the church of God has lost. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Are we walking worthy as to be saints? Now, brothers and sisters, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to preach the word of God. And I'm one of these old-fashioned preachers. I'm here to preach to you, not for you. We got a lot of them that'll preach for you. They'll tickle the ears of what you want to hear. But God has commissioned me to preach the gospel to you, things we need to hear. 
Now, he said we need to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we call it. It's a work today to be a Christian. It's not an effortless task. It's a work. And you tell me as we read down through here, if some of us, or that you may know someone, have not missed the mark. We don't say it judging, but the Word of God judges, doesn't it? It judges. It puts us right out there. We need to hold it to ourselves as a mirror. He says we with the all lowliness in verse 2 and meekness with long suffering. What's long suffering mean? There used to be an old sister back in my congregation, Sister Etta Van Winkle. She'd say, you know what long suffering means? I said, no. She said, suffer for a long time. We got to have long suffering, forbearing one another. Everybody know what forbearing means? It means putting up with one another. But there's a way we're supposed to put up with one another. We're supposed to do it in love. There's a lot of putting up with one another, but people don't love one another anymore. It's a work. Now let me get this verse, the, the third verse. Endeavoring. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It means we're going to have to take some endeavoring. It means we're going to have to put some effort into Keeping the unity of the Spirit. That's keeping the unity of the Spirit with the Holy Spirit and keeping the unity of the Spirit in each other. It takes effort. We just heard Brother Tony talk about uh, him and Brother Sherm. Took them a long time to come together. And it was, maybe they was joking, but, it, but it's true. It takes an effort today. In church, if we're ever going to see a unified body of Christ, it's going to take effort. And boy, it's an important thing. I don't want to be singled out because it says there's one body. And I want to put the effort into being part of the body of Christ and there's one spirit and even, our, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. For time's sake, I'm going to jump right down through here because i got some ground to cover tonight. <clears throat> Verse 11 says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, not the entertaining of the saints. For the perfecting. God wants his people perfect in his eyes. We got some endeavoring to do. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. As we look around and we say we are the church of God, are we edifying the body of Christ? Are we lifting up Christ as a beacon, as the lighthouse we sang about last night for others to see? There is a lost and dying world out there that they need something. They need Jesus is what they need. They don't need the church. They need Jesus. We need, we need to show them Jesus. We need to introduce them to Jesus. And you know what? Jesus will make them be part of the church. Amen? May God help us. We're living in a very serious and dangerous spiritual time. I've said people are living as if there's no God to answer to. And many are caught up in a false sense of salvation. 
Salvation means this in a nutshell. Ye must be born again. I don't want to hurt no one tonight, but I want to preach the word that God has given me. I've sat on this all week. It's changed. It's went this way. It's went that way. But I thank God for the preaching that I've heard. And I told the brother, uh, brother Curtis last night, I said, thank you, brother. You set me right up. Amen. This is just a continuation. If you don't like it tonight, you call him, blame him. This is a continuation of his. <clears throat> you know, there's a fear today that I carry that too many people that call themselves Christian don't have a vision of the kingdom of God. They don't have a vision of the kingdom of God. They, they don't have a, a clue what God has to offer. And therefore, if you can't see the kingdom, you can't see the church. And there's one reason you can't see it. They're not born again. In John, the third chapter, turn with me. I'll read some scripture. I'll settle in. I'm just clearing off a place to stand tonight. John, the third chapter, starting in the fifth verse, very familiar. You know, Jesus talking to Nicodemus here. Jesus answered, he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Amen? That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Let me back up to verse 3, catch it. Jesus answered, said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It takes a born-again experience to see the kingdom. And when I say see the kingdom, I mean the church, because you can't separate the kingdom of God and the church. There's a lot of people that they've got some religion, they've got some, they've got some emotion, but they don't really see what they're belonging to. Amen? Jesus describes this as we read on down in here just a little bit. Uh, in verse 7, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And Jesus answered, said unto him, <clears throat> Nicodemus answered, said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Are thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do not know, and testify we have seen, and we receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that cometh down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven, and Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life, for God so loved the world, I'll read that again, for God so loved the world, saints, I'm going to read it again, for God, I'm going to repeat it again, so loved the world, not so loved the church, he so loved the world, church, come on, we got a job to do, we got a witness to a lost and dying world, amen, and they can't, we can't bear witness to them if, the, if, if we stink, 
He said he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. And he that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth is not condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil, listen to me, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth, not believeth, he that doeth truth, cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest. They are wrought in God. Now we're down here, we follow the Spirit down here. That's a work. When I follow the Spirit, my deeds are wrought in God. When we're following God, my deeds are wrought in God. Help us tonight, Lord, get this out. I don't want to get myself confused to get you confused even more. Jesus describes a Christian right here. We need to take a good look and see in ourself, if our deeds show we are wrought in God. The things that you're doing, the, 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 the people that you witness to, the people that you, oh, we love to correct. That's one thing I've learned about Church of God people. We like to point out everybody else's faults. Amen. I'm going, I'm going to use Brother Curtis. Amen. If you say it faster, I get on faster. But you know what? We're quick. Look at that one. Look at that one. Look at this one. Look at that one. Look at yourself. Where's our hospitality? Where's our love? Amen. A high calling. It's a high calling called to be a saint. It's a high calling called to be a saint. I'll tell you, I'll break it to my congregation. I've already, some of them Wednesday night, Monday night, brother preached from Cincinnati Bible College. And I, I, I'm sorry that I couldn't make it down here. I was working through the day. But I, I made it, and I heard that night, he was talking about laying your all on the altar. Lay it all out there. Lay all of it out there. I went to the altar. The Lord, you know, that spirit starts working. It starts, that flesh rises up. Oh, it does. I feel God's spirit. You need to come down here and pray. And I knew right in my mind what I needed to pray about. I'll, I'm not ashamed to tell you now. I was like, oh, what's people going to think? Preacher going down to the altar. Huh? Oh, man, I, I, I'm all right. Lord, I'll, I, we'll take care of it right here. Man, our flesh rises up. It tries to hinder us from doing the workings that God wants us to do. And God and I was back there in that seat having a conversation about whose congregation the Bladensburg congregation was. He said, lay that congregation on the altar. It's hindering you. That congregation hindering you. Brother Tony, your congregation can hinder you. You can become a slave to it. So I come up to the altar. I grabbed that brother. I said, I need to pray with you. I said, you might think I'm crazy, but this is what the Lord's telling me. Lay that congregation. So I laid the Bladesburg congregation on the altar. And boy, I got all kinds of freedom. You guys are in trouble. <laughs> when we're obedient to God, there's freedom. 
There's a great sense of peace when we're obedient to God, no matter what all the fellowship has to say. Amen. I'm not trying to please the fellowship. I'm trying to please God. And you know what? If I have unity with God's spirit and you have unity with God's spirit, we have fellowship. Fellowship is of God. It's not of man. There's been a lot of people trying to keep man-made. I call it fellowship. Fellowship. Because we like personalities. We can overlook certain things and certain people, right? Oh, I like that brother. He's a good brother. This brother over here would be doing the same thing. He's terrible. He's in sin. That's fellowship. We all walk in the walk to heaven, called to be saints. I'm sorry, I can't stand still. We, we, we're called to be saints, right? And we're walking to heaven. We're going along. And, you know, the first day I got saved, I still had some things that was hanging on me from the world and, and still partaking of some things that I won't even touch now. You could look at me and say, oh, my brother, he's using that. He can't be of the Lord. But I was 100% saved in the Lord. And anybody else who was 100% saved, we had perfect fellowship. Because it was in the Lord. Amen? We got to mind the Lord. Our deeds, are we rotten God? Help us to see. We need to see the workings of God in our life. And I'm going to get real pointed with it. Attending church service is not your work. If it's a work for you to attend church service, you've got some spiritual problems. I don't mean at the end of camp meeting when you guys have been going all week and you're like, preacher, would you hurry up? I'm sleepy. I want to go home. We get tired in the body. But there's a desire to do what God wants us to do. There's a desire to be among the saints. We, if, you, if you go across the United States and you start talking to a lot of people, oh, there are Christians everywhere by name. Amen. Oh, United States, it's a Christian nation. Well, for the last 50 years, our Supreme Court said they could kill innocent babies. Oh, thank God for that ruling. Thank God for that ruling just here a couple weeks ago. Huh? God slid that one in under the radar on them, didn't he? But our work, what's our work? Church service, camp meetings, revival meetings should be the highlights for us. The midweek service should be the highlights. And I say today, many don't have that vision because they're really not truly born again of the Spirit of God. They, they don't have that yearning. They don't have that, boy, I'll tell you what, when I got saved, I wanted to be around church people. When I was in sin, I couldn't stand to be around church people. All out on the street, they treat me good and I liked them. I'll tell you what, I dated Chris, and if I wanted to see her on Sundays, I had to go to church. All right? That was the requirement. If you like her, you go to church. You get to see her on Sunday. I had to listen to Brother Wilson. Yeah. Mm. 
I was filleted. I was skinned. I'll tell you what, when I got serious, I knew how to get saved. I knew how to get rid of sin. I knew how to call on Jesus. It's a high calling today. Salvation's been so watered down. He talked a little bit last night about the TV preachers. Just come to the Lord. Just come to the Lord. You just got to ask him to save you. They're, they're leaving out the biggest part. Yes, ask him to save you. But you got to be sorry from your sin for a godly sorrow. And you got to turn from sin. you got to have a willingness to walk away from sin. And ask God, make me a new creature. I'm sick of sin. There's too many people around the church today that want to raise their hand. Boo-hoo, get all emotional, but play with sin. God's got a better way for us, a more exciting way for this. And I've, I've thought on this all week, and I don't know any other way to say it, but it's just kind of like this. There's a lot of places in the Bible that God says, if you'll do this, I'll do this. If you'll do this, I'll do this. There's several places in the Bible. But you know what? We have to do this before he'll do that. Amen. We must sell out all the way to the high demands of Jesus. A lot of people won't tell you that Jesus demands anything, but he has some high demands. That old false religion has people believing you can pick and choose just what parts you want. Brother, I believe in a full salvation, and Jesus is just as able today as he ever was to make us new creatures. Amen? And he never told us to do something that was impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. Amen? Someone says, well, now, Brother Matt, I don't know. I want you to see a couple of examples in the Bible. Just a couple examples, and there's probably a bunch more. <clears throat> John 5 and 14. John, or not 5 and 14, just hit John 5 real quick. Man, I'm, I'm so excited. I already went to the end. That's like telling the funny part before you tell the joke. Just spoils it, doesn't it? This man, we won't read all of it, but he, he had come to that healing pool, Bethesda. And I don't know how often he come, but verse 5 said, there was a certain man there that day, and he had an infirmity 38 years. So 38 years he had his illness. And Jesus told him to do something impossible. A high calling. He said, you know what? He says, what's going on with you? Will thou be made whole? Will you? Will you be made whole? And the guy, he says, instead of saying yes, he says, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled me to put me in the pool. But while I come another step down before him, he offered him an excuse. Jesus was offered him deliverance. He should have just said, yeah. Yeah, make me whole. I have no man. And then he really told him something that blows his mind. Rise, take up thy bed and walk. You want me to do what? I've been here 38 years. If God tells you to do it, you can do it. 
We've got to believe that tonight. If God tells you to do it, you can do it. Amen? <clears throat> well, immediately the man must have believed him. He was made whole. And he took up his bed and walked on the same day as the Sabbath. And We'll jump ahead here to that 14th verse now. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple, and he said unto him, boy, he told him something really impossible now. He told him something really impossible. Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Wow. Hey, the Holy Ghost hadn't come yet. You go sin no more. God's always had a way for his righteous people to live. He told this man this, and then we're going to stay in John, <clears throat> jump over to the 8th chapter. We know this story. This woman was taken in adultery. And they was trying to trap Jesus, I think, in this. But here we see this. We'll break in here in the, in the ninth verse. And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and a woman standing in the midst. And Jesus lifted up himself and saw none but the woman and said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? And she said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Man, that's a, that's a high calling, isn't it? What's religion telling people today? Oh, sin you will, sin you must. It'll be okay. God understands. You know, God understands that you believe in a lie. God understands you believe in something false. God understands you're not going the distance. <clears throat> the devil wants nothing for us but to destroy us. Amen. Jesus came not only to save us from sin. But he also come to destroy the works of the devil in our lives. This is something that's lacking today. People get saved. They get a little bit of relief, right? Boy, it, boy that, I caught the onset of salvation. When you finally break through, when you get the flesh out of the road and you choose, as he said, to follow Jesus, you choose to take up the cross. When you, when you get up from that altar of prayer, wherever your altar of prayer was, but boy, don't you just feel as light as a feather? Man, I mean, whew, all that, all that, gone. It's just that. And then we start living a little bit, don't we? And we find out we're still in this world. And we start living it. But we need to realize that he also sent Jesus to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3 and 5 reads this. 
And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. If you're claiming to be a Christian and you're still sinning, how can that be? It can't be. Someone says, well, but brother, have you committed sin since you've been saved? I'll be the first one to tell you, yeah, I have. And I've had to go back and make things right and And God doesn't take away our ability to sin. We still got this flesh we contend with every day, but we don't live under the dominion of sin. Isn't that great? That God can stop you right there. You know, temptations, I've told Brother Mike back home, I put something in practice. When Jesus was in the garden, he was, and they kept falling asleep. And he told me, he said, pray that you enter not into temptation. I was reading that one night, I thought, well, that's a pretty good thing. I'll just start doing that in the morning. So I get up in the morning and I start putting it to practice. And I shared it with Brother Mike. I said, hey, Brother Mike, Brother Mike Willis. I said, you know, I've been praying that if I don't enter into the Lord, keep me from entering into temptation. I have a lot better day than the days that I didn't. That word works. It works. Sticking with being on the high calling. But we cannot, if, if we're committing sin, the Bible says it right here, we're of the devil. We're of the devil. That means he's controlling our lives. He's, 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 he's hindering us. Verse 9 says, Whosoever born of God did not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the ability in the flesh, but if we keep following God, the Spirit of God, no matter what the fellowship says, we keep following the Spirit of God, we cannot sin because his spirit is in us. He will not lead us to a place we will sin. That's the trust you can have tonight in the Holy Ghost. And he's destroying the works of the devil. Amen. This kind of living is a high calling, but it destroys the works of the devil. This kind of living is not for the thin skin. That's going to have their feelings hurt every time some religious person says something to them. I told one today, I said, sister, if I would have listened to the church people, I'd have never preached my first message. I had a few ministers tell me, you can't be a preacher. Why not? You didn't sit through the church. You didn't come up that way. Okay. So I went up to Bladensburg and I did what the Lord told me to do. And he basically gave us a congregation where there was no congregation. Amen. Amen. Bought and paid for. <laughs> we didn't even have to buy a building. That's quite a testimony of that. And we started laboring and working for the Lord. You know what? God has miraculously done a lot of things in my life. Any salvation's miracle. But the kind of living that God wants us to do, yes, it's a high calling. 
Yes, we have to leave sin behind. And living close to God for God and God's way. I'm going to say this. I want you to listen to it. I'm not against praying. But today there's too much praying and not enough praying and seeking the Lord. There's a lot of praying, Lord, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. But the prayer needs to be, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Every situation that we face, that we're questioned about, Lord, what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Oh, you'll be challenged. You'll be challenged. Amen. You know, what are we hindering when we won't go the distance with God? I got you confused yet. All right. I'll keep going then. Not that I want to have you confused. <clears throat> what are we hindering? We can come to church. We can sing the songs. We can put a smile on. Come on, we've all, we've all been around it. We've all probably even had to deal with the attitude in ourselves. Amen. I don't know this brother at all, but oh, man, I love him. I love you, brother. I love you, brother. I know. Huh? You heard this one? You have to treat him right. <laughs> if you've got God in your heart, you want to treat him right. Amen? It's a high calling. And we got to endeavor to keep that spirit. Someone says, oh, I'll get in trouble. Someone says, oh, amen, amen. You ought to try being a pastor. You don't think people get under your skin. No, I'm serious. They're human. Oh. Amen. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. We need to be seeking God in our prayers. Saints, we're hindering the workings of God. I'm, I'm going to get into something really that I've been carrying all week here. When we hinder the workings of God in our life, when we hinder them, we end up in trouble. And not only will we end up in trouble, our families can end up in trouble. Go with me to Genesis 19. I'm hurrying along. I don't want to wear you out. I know you're already wore out. It's the last night of camp meeting. You got a movie to watch. Be more entertaining than me. <clears throat> but there's some stuff in here we really need to see. Genesis 19. There came two angels to Sodom at even. Do I need everybody know about Sodom and Gomorrah, how wicked it was? Okay. We know it's 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 bad. Two angels came. Why why did they come? Abraham had been pleading with God doing the old countdown, huh? If there's 40, if there's 30, if there's 20, if there's 10, I'll spare the city. Well, there wasn't. But Lot was still good enough for God to go in and get out, okay? 
But there's something here I want us to see, church. I'm speaking to the church tonight. If you're here unsaved, please be saved before we leave. Amen? But church, if you're going to remain saved, you're going to have to listen to some of this. There came two angels at Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with, bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Behold, now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night. Wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go your ways. And they said, no, we're going to stay out here in the street. I got to do this. So, don't take nothing but this. Down here on this plane is Sodom. Okay, this, I will say this down here, and I'm not saying it to you. This is sin down here. It's Sodom. Lot was in the gate. Didn't say he was in Sodom. Said he sat at the gate. He's living real close to sin. Oh, man, he knew he was living. Boy, I tell you, there's a lot of people tonight that's in church. They're living real close to sin. They need to, they know, they have a know, they have a knowledge they need to be farther away from sin. But somehow, we get to thinking we can handle it. Someone says, oh, but he didn't know he was that close. Oh, he knew. And those men proved it. They said, we'll just stay out here tonight. And Lot knew what would happen to them if they stayed. So he had a knowledge. He said, no, you guys come on in my house. You're not staying out there tonight. I know what will happen. Well, then later on, they start beating on the door. Where's those guys? I'm not going to get vivid, but we would like to have our way with them. And Lot says, whoa, no, don't do that. Don't do that. These guys are under my roof under protection. And, and no, no doubt Wood always told him, but he said, I have two daughters. Take them. No, we don't want them. We don't want them. And, and they, was, they was coming after him. You know what? They, they smote him with blindness. And they pulled Lot in the house, didn't they? So Lot's back inside. And they tell him, they say, Lot, we're going to destroy this city. We're, we're destroying everything. You need to get out. Amen? Verse 12 said, the men said unto Lot, now you know here, I'll tell you something. The first verse, they called them angels. The twelfth verse, they called them men. God's messengers. They give teachers and preachers for the perfecting of the saints. Okay? So don't always think you got to hear a direct message from the big loud voice that says, I am the Holy Ghost speaking to you. When we're praying and we're seeking God, we need some answers. Your Sunday school classes, the sermons your pastor preaches, God's going to speak to you through them. And some of your personal study. Amen. 
You got anybody here a lot? We want to save them. And get whatever you have in this city and bring them out of this place. So Lot goes out. And he goes to his son-in-laws. God's going to destroy this place. You need to get out. Come on, we need to get out. We, God's going to destroy it. It's wicked here. And because good old Lot lived right here, that close to it, they mocked him, it said. <laughs> yeah, right. If it was that bad, why are you so close to it? Church, you want to know why we're losing our children? Hmm? You want to know why we're losing our grandchildren? Because we're just one step out of the world. Oh, no, Brother Matt, you ought to see the way I dress. You ought to see how strict my home is. What's your heart look like? When we live, we're living in this body. This is where I live. It's not just a physical place here, but here. And they laughed at him. They mocked him. <clears throat> Verse 15, when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot. They hurried. They, they, oh, sometimes preachers, they feel like they're really getting under your skin. They're hurrying him. Come on, Lot, you got to get going. We got to do something here. Come on, Lot, come on. Arise, get thy wife and thy two daughters which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, while he lingered, we got to go the distance, church. While he lingered, man, they finally got fed up. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters. Right? That's why God sent two angels. Lot was the head of his house and he was saving his household. And they literally, I figure, drug him out. All oh, Lot's real grateful. Came to pass when they brought him forth abroad that he said, Escape for thy life and look not behind thee. Verse 17 says, neither stay thou in all the plain. Get up out of here, Lot. We got you out of the city. Get out and get thee up into the mountain. And boy, there's so many people in this condition. Verse 18, and Lot said unto them, oh, not so, my Lord. I see myself in this, going clear back to when I was 18, 19 years old. The altar call would come, and I'd be sick. Oh, I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I don't want to give up my stuff. I don't want to give up the world. I don't want to give up sin. Maybe I'll just do a little better. And Lot says to him, you know what? Behold, now thy servant, in verse 19, hath found grace in thy sight. He pumps him up. Thou hast magnified thy mercy, which has showed unto me in saving my life, and I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil take me and I die. I can't make it. I can't do it. Behold, now this city is near. Oh, look what he says. And it's just a little one. 
Come on, this city over here, it's near. And it's just a little bitty city. It's just a little bit of sin. It's, it's just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'll be okay. And finally, you know what they told him? He said, you've got to be out of this city so we can complete our work. What did we read? Jesus not only saves, but he destroys the works of the devil. Sodom was going to be destroyed. And Lot was standing in the way. Don't you think for a minute, church pew sitter, that the word of God won't burn you up if you don't move when it tells you to move. It'll burn you up and you'll get a bitterness in you. You'll maybe never even set foot back in the doors. And you'll have a problem with every preacher that preaches truth the rest of your life. You know what happened to Lot? That wee little sin. He didn't go the distance where God told him to go. He committed incest with both of his daughters. When I read that every time, I often think, what would we be reading about Lot if he'd have went the distance? What would we be reading about it? It would be certainly a different outcome. Amen. Lot didn't go all the way. He needed just a little city. He stayed too close to sin that he lost some family. He ended up losing himself. His wife looked back. What God had planned for him wasn't good enough. Can you see yourself in this? What God has planned for you, my friend, is the best. Don't end up like Lot. Tonight, will you recognize that God's calling you to the high calling to be a saint of God? What an honor. What an honor to be able to say, I am a saint of God. I am a child of God. I am a child of the living God. What an honor. What a high calling. What a wonderful family to be adopted into. Wow. Let me just say this. Jesus has a lot more to offer than what this world has. But it's hidden. I'm winding down. Come unto me, Matthew 11 and 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Look what he says. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Learn of me. How many people bow at altars of prayer and some preacher prays a little sinner's prayer with them and they get up and they don't encourage them to learn of me. That learning of Jesus, he says, I give you rest unto your souls. That's a deep rest. Amen. Ye shall find rest. He didn't say, I might. He said, ye shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
I want to go to John 10, and then this, this, I will let you go here in just a minute. John 10. I went through a pretty hard time in my life. This scripture means something to me. It means a lot to me. When you hear God, when you hear the voice of God, it means something. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that he that entereth not by the door of the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Tonight as we're preaching, no doubt the Holy Ghost is calling someone's name. Are you living too close to Sodom? Maybe you're not in sin, but maybe you're really close. And I told the people back home the other day, the world is after your kids. And they're using every measure and every means to get them. Amen? And we need to teach our children. They need to follow Jesus. They need to listen to his voice. Amen. Verse 5 says, A stranger they will not follow, but flee from him, for they know the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which spake unto them. And Jesus said unto them again, Verily, verily, I send you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall be in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I wish I'd have figured that out a long time ago. That life was more abundant with God. Amen. Don't live too close to sin. Don't live too close to Sodom. Purpose it in your heart to go the full distance with God. God, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's where true salvation is. Because if you're unwilling... You're going to end up like a lot. We don't bargain with God. Saints, I feel like I've been all over the place tonight. But I've unloaded my heart. My concern tonight is there's too many church people right down here. And I'll tell you what. We say, I'm not in sin. But if God has called the high calling of the saints, we need to get to the highest point that God would call us. We need to put every effort and everything possible that God has called us. And here's the thing that's hidden for most. There's a lot of joy in living like that. A lot of joy. And nobody can take it away. Will you come tonight? I'm done. If you got a song, anybody need to pray? Do you want to make a commitment with God that I will leave sin behind? 
I've lived too close to it. I'm ready to live the way God wants me to live. Amen? There's a lot of too close living today. Someone says, how do you know? Because I see a lot of troubled people that say they're Christians. And Jesus said, if you'll come to me, if you'll do this, I'll give you this. If you'll come to me and if you'll learn of me, I'll give you rest. How's come there's so many uneasy people calling themselves Christian today? Won't you come tonight and get it right with God and go the distance?